talking with the experts. Hello and welcome to Talking with the Experts. My name is Rose Davidson from rosedavidson.com and Talking with the Experts is about all things business by business owners for business owners and you can find it on all good podcasting streaming platforms and on YouTube. And today my guest is Dancho Dimkov from the North Macedonia. Wow, that's a, a, that's a new place. I haven't interviewed anyone from, from there before. <laughs> And his business is Bisbee Solutions. And Bisbee Solutions is an outbound growth company with a primary focus on helping high ticket service providers reach up the right way to their prospects. Um, They build relationships in their stead and fill up their sales pipeline as a side effect, mainly through LinkedIn outreach, as it's the ultimate place for B2B, where all uh, business professionals are available at our fingertips. Welcome, Dan Cho, and thank you so much for joining me. Yeah, hello. Well, nice to meet you, Rose. I'm always happy to, to participate on this kind of podcast and try to, to add some value. And when you said that I'm from Macedonia, my always key question that I ask people is, do people know where we are? And usually when we talk with clients, like, is it somewhere in Africa? Is it somewhere in Asia? And I'm usually having a joke, well, if you know the Greek coastline, we're just two hours drive from there. So that's how people start knowing about Macedonia. Yeah, yeah, I have heard of Macedonia. Um, I think it's one of the places that was on my bucket list, actually, to go and visit because it's quite pretty. Yeah, yeah, we have wonderful mountains and sightseeing. But when it comes to food and drink, that's the, that's the top of the game. Mm, yeah, I'm, I'm a food addict, so, <laughs> you know. Anything that tastes yummy, I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, it was really nice inviting me on the podcast because when I saw it talking with the experts, I, I really believe that I have a lot to say when it comes to B2B lead generation. And since I saw that it's targeting towards business owners, I really hope that I'll try to inspire some of the business owners to, to start growing because at the end of the day, it is a business hustle. It's one story when you talk with entrepreneurs, but now as a business owners, you don't solve hundreds of problems on pricing and everything, but you have one problem, and that is how to grow faster. That's the only goal that we have here. Yep, uh, that sounds perfect for me. I'm sure that uh, people will get a lot of benefit out of it. So you are a serial entrepreneur, a founder and the CEO of Bisbee Solutions. So tell me what exactly is Bisbee Solutions and how do they help uh, business owners? Well, it all started as a, me as a freelancer. And usually I say here, I have a short version and a long version. And for the long version, we really need a beer or something. But in the short version is that I started as a freelancer working on the freelancing platforms, uh, helping companies in terms of as a management consultant, working with entrepreneurs on market research and business plan. And roughly six years ago, I started Bisbee Solution as a management consulting company. But as we grew, I saw that even if we help entrepreneurs to start a business, then they don't know how to continue growing. And, you know, when you do a business plan, you're going to find an entrepreneur, you're going to help them, you're going to create the market research and business plan. And that's it. You you no longer need them. Well, with the sales support, we realized that it's an ongoing help. If you bring a company five clients, they'll just grow more and they'll want five more and 10 more. And then they'll hire more people and they want more leads and that's how we've realized that the lead generation part is where we should focus and fast forward six years 
We have more than 400 clients served so far, uh, a whole bunch from, from Australia, if I can say. And over these six years, we've learned so much that last year we even decided to specialize into the B2B high ticket service providers because that is the target that we believe that can benefit the most from, from the prospecting and, and the outreach. Yeah, I think, I mean, this time too, since um, the pandemic it hit us, um, I think B2B and uh, service providers, you know, are feeling a little bit stuck. And uh, I think what the services that you offer um, are obviously going to help them to grow through this quiet time. Yeah, well, Corona hit everybody. For us, it was a curse, but it was also an advantage because the channel that we use are LinkedIn and email. And before Corona, physical events were still doing. People will go to a conference or to a physical events and start networking. And, you know, Corona came in, planes were shut down, countries were closed, and out of desperate people were searching for other ways to start finding leads. And for us, since we already had established solutions, we got quite a lot of clients. But the, the, the scary part was that because everything was in a panic, there was a lot of people that tried to do it on their own. They made a lot of mistakes and some of the companies didn't even survive because of the crisis. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, that's why I started this podcast last year um, because I could see yes. a lot of uh, business owners were really challenged with um, you know, trying to turn their businesses around because a lot of them, as you say, were holding in-person events and... Yeah. Um, and, and uh, you know, hybrid, hybrid events, you couldn't even do those. So everything had to be online. And a lot of business owners just didn't know how to do that. And um, so, yeah, that's, why, that's how this podcast was born, because I could see that business owners just needed some help with alternative ways to do things and, and um, I guess, change their pathway slightly so that yeah, they could still thrive. I see. And, and for me, it was even more interesting, Rose. I mean, you're exactly on point, is that the B2B service providers, especially the more expensive ones, like 10,000 euros, 50,000 50, euros, 100,000 euros, uh, they don't really have alternatives. I mean, you cannot really put a Facebook ad and say, buy my 50K service. And people are like, oh, nice ad. I'll just click it and swipe my credit card. It, it doesn't work like that. Or, of course, content is a very good aspect of how you can reach out to prospect, but that is mid to long term strategy. You cannot just write a blog post, post it out there, and have 10 new clients tomorrow. It simply right. takes time. So, when it comes to the high ticket service providers, uh, relationship is the king. Uh, also, as you said, events. When you have an expensive service, you go, you meet with people, you talk to them, you try to understand their problem, you start nurturing the relationship. And when you see that there is a good fit, you can say, well, we actually can help you with this or with that. And that is really more expensive service, but a bit longer sell cycle. And now when you take out the physical presence, it's much harder to, to start reaching out to people and, hi, do you want to buy my product? No, next one, hi, do you want? And in high ticket service provider, it doesn't work like that. I'm not gonna spend a hundred thousand on a service on a stranger just comes in and sing and start pitching to me. And when we figure out this part, we said, well, the outreach should not be about sales or about marketing. The whole goal of the outreach is to start building the relationship. Once you have the relationship, you can start thinking about the commercials and, and whether there is an opportunity because many times there is no opportunity. And in that the case, 
you still have the relationship because after three months, the, the opportunity may, might arise. And the bigger your network, the, the more opportunities you have. Absolutely. Absolutely. I totally agree with you there. It's, um, I know that a lot of uh, on Facebook um, well, and on LinkedIn too, I've, you know, I've received a connection request or a friend request, whatever the platform may be. And the next thing I know, I've got this um, inbox, you know, trying, and they're trying to sell me something or get me to join some group or business or like their page or whatever. And I think, you know, how sleazy is that? You've just, you know, made a connection with me, but now you want to try and sell me something straight away. And, you know, they get usually get blocked or disconnected or, or whatever. I, I just won't have it. I think it's so bad. And people that do that, you know, they should know better because they've been in business for a very long time. Well, we, we had a, a coined a new term here in BSB and it's called digital outreach fever. So, you know, you go to a physical event and what you do, you meet five, 10, 15 people, you talk a bit with, with some people, see if there is a good connection and then try to follow up if, if there is sense. Yeah. The same person that, that's been at that physical event, if they go online, he sees the opportunity to reach millions of people and they start tweaking the messages. It's like automated. Hi, do you want to buy? Yes. No, no. Okay, next one. Hi. And that is the digital outreach fever we're talking because in physical life, you know that the relationship is important and you need to talk to people and everything. But you kind of get the fever when it comes to online and you shouldn't. It, it is the same psychology. You reach out online, you start relationship with people. Some of them will be relevant, some of them will not with those that are relevant, but you cannot really reach out to hundreds or thousands of people in one day because no. then you don't have the personal touch on, on how things no. are being done. And no. Rose, we have a joke here uh, in BSB that you don't really go to a bar, meet a girl and just propose her on the first meeting, like, hi, will you marry me? No, you actually need to start building a relationship. You approach, do some chit chats, talk even about some general topics. I mean, Sport is a bad topic, but some general topics, see if you're synchronized or if on the same subject and then deepen the relationship and then a few more dates and eventually getting to, to the proposal. And we're saying, well, why it's different in the online world? I mean, it's not like, yeah, you can scam a lot of people or spam even, but at the end of the day, if you're selling something expensive, you shouldn't be selling. You should try to look for companies or people that have the problem that you can solve. Because if you find those, you're not scamming. You're like, look, I know how to solve this problem. If you have that problem, let me help you. And with B2B lead generation, it's the same. We don't pitch, we don't sell. We just reach out to companies, start the conversation, see if they're struggling. There are companies that think we are doing fantastically. We have our own in-house team and we're doing a lot of leads and we're closing a lot of clients. And we're like, perfect. There's no point in me. Well, would you like to set up a call and start selling? There's no point. I mean, they don't have the need. And in my head is that if I can position me and my company as the B2B lead generation gurus, then I did my job well because I have established the relationship and I positioned the authority because after three months, after six months, after 12 months, they can call us and say, you know what, things change. We fired our SDR team or now we want to expand to new markets and now we, we, we need your help. And that is a job well done because even after 12 months, they have you in mind, then that is a good outreach process. Absolutely. Yeah, it, because it's um, ultimately, yeah, as you say, it's the connection. I mean, unless you fall in love with someone at first sight, which is, you know, very rare, you don't want to be proposed to on the first date. You know? <laughs> exactly. 
it's just really stupid. So um, I guess businesses really need to, um, you know, they're always looking at growth, but you need to balance that and you need to be present in all areas of your life to do that. It, it's the balancing act between your, your personal life and your work life. And uh, sometimes, you know, they get a bit clouded, especially if you work, you know, with your, your partner, like your, your wife or your girlfriend or whatever, or your husband or whatever, you know, you, know, you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, it, it is a headache. I mean, I work with my wife and we've started, we, I started as a freelancer, then my wife joined in, then we were digital nomads for some time traveling around Europe, around the Middle East. So we traveled a lot, but you know, then you start mixing personal life and business life. But that for me, it was actually good because, you know, you can start thinking about how to grow the company. And I have heard a lot of stories for the other way around, where the spouse was not actually involved in the business and the spouse was even complaining why the husband or the wife is working long hours, hustling to build the company. And there is stress and everything. And when we're together, I, she knows, I know that we're giving our best in, in actually growing this, this solution. And for me, if I need to choose, I would rather have my wife side by side and hustling and building the company rather than going home exhausted and then the wife complains on me why I'm working all day or not being present. Yeah, it works for some people. It, it definitely doesn't work for others. I don't think that they can, uh, I don't know, they just can't quite seem to find that balance somehow. Um, and it's all, all about work and they don't take it any time off for themselves as a couple to um, not talk about business and, you know, just have a date night. Yeah, exactly. It, it's very funny, Rose. Uh, I'm responsible for growing the BSB, like talking to companies, partnering, making collaboration, while my wife holds all the money. She controls the cost, she controls the revenues and everything. So I'm just hustling and then like, do we have money? Yes or no? I don't know because I talk, uh, I'll onboard a new client. I'll just give it to her. She does the contracting, the invoicing and everything. So that's why we don't do everything together because first it's inefficient. The second, we're really complementary because I don't have time to do that. And while she enjoys that, so it is really like a joint effort in, in growing the company. Yeah, well done to you. Well done. Yeah, it's, it's, I got it's, lucky. Yeah, you did. Yeah, you obviously did. Because yeah, I've um I've got some um friends in, in America and um, they're just about to celebrate their 30th wedding anniversary and they're launching a book about how to work together in business mm, and nice. um, and I'm really looking forward to, to reading the book because honestly they just do everything together it, it doesn't matter where they go they're always together and um, they've managed to you know survive 30 years of marriage doing yeah, what they love you know so yeah well done it's 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 a good thing so i guess what type of businesses or service uh, be to you know service providers do you work with you know what what industries are they in mm -hmm. well you know we've started with everything like we worked with any company that can afford us because we were meant for hire so we tried to help as many companies as possible but through the years, we've started noticing in which industries we really managed to, to provide value and in which industry simply LinkedIn was not intended for them. For example, we had actually a client from Australia targeting yoga studios and it didn't work out. I mean, yoga teachers don't have LinkedIn presence and they don't use LinkedIn. They're more 
Instagram oriented, Facebook oriented, and it, it didn't work out eventually. And now we said, okay, let's focus on, on high ticket service providers, companies that really need LinkedIn. And we focused on three main categories. One are actually consultants because consultants have usually high rates, high charges, and they, since they're being paid a lot, they don't want to do the outreach and prospecting and nurturing and relationships. So they're really willing to just outsource to a company. And that's where we found a good fit because if I could find a client to our clients, okay, if I can bring a new client to our consultants, they're going to get a lot of money and they're happy to keep paying us for an eternity. And that's actually the long-term collaboration. Uh, the second target are marketing and sales agencies because we did a lot of partnership. We even have a partner from Australia, a marketing agency, that what they are doing is that they do SEO content, ads, all the marketing agency uh, content creation strategies. But there are clients that say, well, in addition to that, we also want to use outreach. And since it's a really particular expertise, they don't have it. So they're partnering with us so we can actually together work on a, on a client project. So we find that very useful. And also as a marketing agency, they also charge high ticket services or annual contracts, which are pretty expensive. And the third target are the software companies, whether it's a software as a service or software development companies. You know, with the IT grow, they are earning a lot of money per project, especially we work with artificial intelligence platforms with deep learning and, and whatever. And from what I can see is that those projects cost like 100,000 euros, 200,000 euros. And they really appreciate the prospecting part because if we manage to bring them leads or clients, for them, that is worth a lot. And since it's worth a lot, they're willing to pay a lot for, for leads. And having this said, those were the three key targets that we focused. And it was not just because they can afford lead generation process. It's because they have so much expensive services that nothing else works for them. They cannot do Facebook ads, buy me as a consultant only 10,000 euros and swipe a credit card. Or in those kind of high ticket services, as I told you, since the relationship is the key, we just found a way how we can do the relationship building for them and they can just be the, you know, the celebrity, the star of the, of the match. So we do all the uh, head work and uh, heavy lifting and relationship and nurturing and outreach, and they just show up on the calls and show their true expertise. Yeah, so I guess um, that leads into the question of, um, you know, how to how do B two B companies gain more clients only with using LinkedIn? Yeah, well, uh, that's a very great point because. When we do outreach, yeah, you can do LinkedIn, you can do email, you can do cold calling. And we are really advising LinkedIn because, you know, with the cold calling, a consultant should not be able to start cold calling people. It feels like a desperate measure, like, hi, I'm a consultant. Would you like to buy my services? It's the nature of the service is not intended for, for cold calling. For the email and LinkedIn, it is more intended because you're not selling, you're just starting to introduce yourself and bringing them in your network. But at the end of the day, back in the days before sales navigators rose, we were building databases. So a consultant will come in. We had, I remember vividly, we had a consultant from Australia that was doing a leadership and the personal development consultancy. And he was targeting the Fortune 500 company specifically. And, you know, we're going to build a database, we're going to find the C-level executives, find their LinkedIn, find their email and start doing the outreach. But within six to nine months, that database becomes obsolete because 
people change job, people get promoted, go to other companies. And it's funny that LinkedIn, although it has hundreds of millions of people in a database, people update the, the, the status their own. So I change a job, I go on LinkedIn and I say, you know what, I changed the job. Uh, you got promoted, you go on LinkedIn and you're gonna change it that you got promoted. So LinkedIn became a self-updating database, which was a miracle for us. And just by using the sales navigator, which has some advanced filters, helps reaching out always to, to relevant prospects. And when you compare it to email and LinkedIn, email is a bit spammy. It's, of course, depending on what kind of message you're going to write, but people are kind of get used to get a lot of emails per day and then start ignoring them. While the LinkedIn style is more chit-chatty. It's like, hi, Rose, how are things with your company? Uh, if with us, it's like this, how are you, how is life? How are you currently managing to grow? Do you use that? Have you considered that? I found a nice article that I think it will really help you. So you see, it's more chit-chatty. It's like, hey, it's not like kind regards, Dancho. And it's funny that people try to copy the email message and just paste it on LinkedIn. And it looks very weird. It's like you get a LinkedIn message. Hi, Rose, I would be delighted to and honored to blah, blah, blah with kindest regards, uh, Dancho with the signature and everything. And I'm like, who writes that kind of message naturally? And you immediately know that it's a copy-pasted message either from an email or from some template. Yeah, absolutely. I, um, I've gotten a few of those and uh, yeah, it's, it's, it is, it's spammy. It's um, no that's, originality in the messaging at all. Yeah, and that's counterproductive rules because as a consultant, you have to establish your authority. If you're being perceived as a spammy, or if you're being perceived as a desperate even, nobody wants to work with that kind of consultants. So that's why the, the outreach that we're doing is we don't mention sales, we don't mention pitch, we just start building relationship. And by building the relationship, we try to impose the authority, either by sharing some content that you've created or some ebooks or, or whatever I see, or even you're creating a webinar or an online event that you're doing. And with that, you're just showing your expertise and credibility rather than, hi, Rose, my name is Dancho. I'm a consultant. Would you like to buy my services? And that is not how consulting should work. I mean, consultants also have some ego and they don't want to be perceived as a commodity. Consulting should be perceived as a luxury good, as a pain solver that you pay premium, but you know that they're going to solve your problem. Absolutely. Yep. I, I totally agree. Now, where can people find you, Dancho? Well, we are all over the place, but when it comes to content creation, I mean, uh, bsbsolutions.com is our website. Uh, every two weeks, we actually create a new blog post that's quite fresh. Uh, we have an academy where there are like seven or eight different eBooks that are talking about each stages from the outreach, how to nurture, how to create messages, how to build a database. And when it comes to social media, we are quite active on LinkedIn. I mean, obviously we do what we preach, not just preaching it. Yeah. And on Facebook, but we kind of move toward more on LinkedIn because that is where the business community is. It's interesting growth, you know, with generations. Uh, LinkedIn is really a B2B network. It doesn't have to be only for finding clients. We become clients to some people that we reach out because it is a network. Sometimes you need a supplier. Sometimes they need a supplier. Sometimes it's a collaboration partnership for joint effort. Uh, Facebook is kind of more B2C when it comes to consumers. Facebook is nice. 
Instagram is really more consumerish, either it's yoga or physical products or e-commerce stores. Uh, then what's out there? TikTok is really for younger generation people that I'm kind of too old for that. For that yeah, part. me too. I don't like it much. <laughs> I mean, I've seen the, the clips and everything, but it's not really that you're going to reach out on TikTok to, to no. business people and start building relationships. A bit like Snapchat. And, my kids love Snapchat and yeah, they're trying to teach Snapchat. me how to use it. And I couldn't, I couldn't use it. It just wasn't something I could get my head around. <laughs> or now I see that there is a clubhouse that I still don't know in which direction it will evolve. But at this stage, LinkedIn is actually the, the best network uh, platform for business to business communities. And that's why I'm actually as Dancho, but also as Bisbee, we're most active on, on LinkedIn. Perfect. Right, have you written any books or any books in the pipeline? Well, now that you mentioned it, in August, we should have a new book out. It's my first one. It took me two years to do it. It's like for the next book, I learned so many lessons. It's going to be so much easier. But for this first book, uh, it's going to be called Sweet Leads. And we actually explain all the frameworks that we invented throughout these six years of experience with BSB. Uh, I actually signed with a publishing house from UK. So it's going to be through a publishing house, through ebook, audio book, and, and Amazon paperback. Oh, well, you have so, to send me a copy. Of course, of course. <laughs> I mean, when it comes to B2B lead generation, I can talk for hours. But with that book, we actually outline all the steps. So it's like a do-it-yourself B2B lead generation for companies. So it's like step, step one, really identify, laser focus your ideal client profile. Step two, now that you know who you want, build a database of those prospects. Step three, now that you have the database, create really engaging messages, but not as a sales, but create engaging conversation starters because the relationship is still the key. Once you have the messages you've done with the planning, you can start with the execution, reaching out to them, start building how to handle responses and nurturing, how to book them on a meeting and how to, how to become a client. So it is a quite interesting book. I definitely recommend it to everybody. And I will sure send you a copy Rose because I really would love to hear your, your feedback on, on the book. Perfect. Oh, I'm looking forward to receiving a copy. It'd be great. Thank you. Um, I guess... Have you got any wise words for our listeners and our viewers before we, we finish up tonight? Well, Rose, there is so much knowledge in the B2B world. There are so many directions on how you can generate leads. So I just really hope that I've inspired some of the people to try the prospecting and outreach even on their own. Many times they don't need an agency. They can download some of the eBooks, start reading it, start following some basic principles please don't spam people. It's really unpolite when you start getting weird emails or weird LinkedIn connections. But if you have the goal of finding companies that have a particular problem that you can solve, then it's more qualifying people and connecting with them and start building the relationship. So my end goal is that if I inspired some of the business owners to start doing the outreach, I'm really happy because I know that as a company, we were doing ads, we were doing posts and we were waiting for the phone to ring. And then when we started with the outreach, it was like, while waiting for the phone to ring, start proactively looking for clients. And it is a very fast forward of growing your businesses. Yeah, I agree. You're just full of really great stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, Ruth, it's, up to, it's because of you, because you invited me to be guest here. And I'm really happy to, to share my personal experience. 
And I also wanted to say thanks to you because you got the idea to actually connect business owners and giving the opportunity to share their stories to other business owners, which is a fantastic networking on its own. It is, it is. And I, and I love doing it. I mean, it, there's actually, um, I've had guests on my podcast who I've actually introduced to other guests through LinkedIn and um, they've actually made partnerships out of that. So yeah, I really like, um, I like to connect other people where I think they've got some mutual benefits. So yeah, it's great. Anyway, that's, um, that's it for tonight. I think Dancho's uh, dropped out. So um, I will... Oh, you're still there. Sorry. Yeah, it broke for a second. Ah, all right. Well, Dancho, thank you so much for joining me. I've, um, I've really enjoyed our conversation. And, um, yeah, you've been um, a beacon of light to, to others. I'm <laughs> sure that they would get a great deal of value out of what you've shared today. Yeah, Rose, thanks again for inviting me. And I truly hope that I've at least tried to add some golden nuggets into this conversation because at the end of the day, we as people need to start learning more and more in order how to be more successful in our businesses. Absolutely. All right. I'll talk to you very soon. Thank you.